Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Happy Friday, Hokie Nation. Thanks so much for joining us on your ride home. A lot to talk about today from a basketball perspective. We got some injury updates. We got a preview for Oklahoma State in the Barclays Center coming up, and we got much more. It's TSL Today on a Friday, and it starts right now. We welcome you into the Corporate Research Center right here in Blacksburg, Virginia. However you may be joining us, whether it be on Spotify or YouTube Live, we really appreciate you. And we ask that you leave some feedback and some comments below. Uh, Let us know what kind of stuff you want to see on TSL today. Giovanni Heater with you across the way. It is Carter Hill and behind the scenes today, Kyle Marshak. And again, we thank you for joining us on your Friday afternoon. Well, Carter, finals week here in Blacksburg. Uh, You're a townie, so you know that uh, campus is about to ramp up for these next couple of days before it gets real quiet for about a month when everyone heads home. Yes, and it's sad because you two are going to be leaving me on Monday (laughs) going back up to Syracuse. So I'll be kind of depressed about that. But Will always talks about this on the podcast. It's kind of an interesting perspective because from a townie standpoint, you're kind of like, you know, it's the summer. You're ready for the students to come back. And then it's almost time for winter break and you're ready for them to be gone. And then it's almost time for summer and you're ready for them to be gone again. The cycle just keeps on repeating because it's nice because you you like to see the students come in and the town be all vibrant and everything. That's what makes Blacksburg so special. But also you like to enjoy the town by yourself, too. So it kind of waxes and wanes like that. And that's how it was for me growing up. It's a little bit different now that we're all students and I'm always here and I see town from a student's student's perspective and I see town from, you know, a townie's perspective still over the break. So it's an interesting dynamic, but I'm I'm ready for the break to come and be done with classes. But I I will miss everybody though for sure. Well, you're going to be taking a trip up to uh, Syracuse. Kyle and I are going to call the uh, Syracuse uh, Virginia Tech game, and you're going to write for it. So uh, yeah. it'll be cool to kind of show you our home. So I'm cool. I'm ready to get up there. I've never seen a game. I'm I'm still going to call it the Carrier Dome. I've never never seen the game at the Carrier Dome before, so I'm excited about that. But that's a month away. Yeah, got a long absolutely. Time. We got a lot of basketball to be played uh, until then. So let's go ahead and recap these two basketball games that took place just a couple of nights ago on Wednesday. First off, on the women inside. Uh, Virginia Tech takes down Boston College on the road. Pretty dominant fashion. 73-58 was the final score in that one. Uh, Taylor Soul did her thing getting to go play for her old team. Liz Kitley led the way with 22 points and 12 rebounds. 16 points out of Kayla King. Not a whole ton to go over here. Just another great performance uh, by the Hokies. They shot the ball 52% from the floor. 50% from beyond the arc. We're efficient from the free throw line at 82%. Same old, same old out of the 7th rank team in the country crazy to think about that it's getting boring to talk about how good they are I don't think it's getting boring I enjoy (laughs) it yeah they out rebounded the Eagles 34 to 27 as well this was a huge game for Virginia Tech from an an emotional standpoint I mean you talked about Taylor Soul going back to Chestnut Hill to play against her former club I mean she spent the past four seasons at Boston College she graduated from Boston College she loves that place so to get to go back for her and play in front of her parents she's from New Hampshire so semi from the area but she played pretty well nine points 
points. I remember I, I watched the first half before coming to the men's game. She actually, so Tech won the opening tip. Mm-hmm. She secured the opening tip and immediately drove to the basket. She was ready to go. Clara Ford as well. I was going to say, she also got to returning go to Boston yeah. College. She played the last two minutes or so of the first half. She put up two points. So nice to see her get on the scoreboard as well when she really hasn't been playing a huge role, uh, huge role for Virginia Tech so far this season. So for her to to go back to BC and play well was certainly nice to see. Boston College, they were picked to finish 13th in the ACC, so they're not expected to do much in the league. I mean, they lost their two best players, Taylor Soule, going down to Virginia Tech, and then Cameron Swartz, who was their leading scorer, going down to Georgia Tech. So it's what Virginia Tech was expected to do. They go up to Chestnut Hill, they get a 15-point victory, maybe didn't play their best at times. They turned the ball over a lot. They turned the ball over 17 times. So that is something that Kenny Brooks is com- Kenny Brooks and company certainly going to uh, certainly going to want to clean up for sure. Um, and then on top of that, too, they did it without Ashley Owusu. And if you missed it, Owusu officially now will be out with a broken finger indefinitely. So I don't think we're going to be seeing a lot of her anytime soon. But luckily... Kayana Trailer is right there. She should fill in in the starting five She's for Virginia Tech. She's done a great job, and she really should be starting anyway. She would start at 95% of the other schools around the country. Right. So typically would come off the bench, but she'll fill in just fine. DeAsia Gregg should also step up, and she has been playing well. Played 20 minutes the other day. Played 32 a couple games ago against, I want to say... Nebraska. So she's playing a bigger role than she ever has at Tech. And with, you know, Owusu's absence, this Virginia Tech team has been set up to be able to, you know, endure losing somebody like that. And when you have like a DeAsia Gregg and a Kayana trailer who can step up like that, it's the reason Virginia Tech is the number seven team in the country. And it would not be it would not be accurate to say the Hokies are, are not going to miss a beat because Owusu was an All-American last year at Maryland. But hey... When you have those two girls that are ready to go off the bench and can help you contribute, you're going to be in pretty good shape. No doubt about it. Let's go ahead and uh, flip the script and talk about the men's side of things here. Virginia Tech with a huge win at home inside Castle Coliseum, 77-49. to Blowout victory over the Dayton Flyers, avenging a loss from last season. Uh, the Hokies advanced to 9-1 and on the year, 5-5 five and five on the season. I think this is probably... One of the best complete games we've mm-hmm. seen uh, Virginia Tech put together. Now, Dayton was without Colby Elvis in this ball game. He did not play uh, for Dayton. But with that being said, Tech just dominated. Unbelievable performance out of Grandpa Zeely. I thought it was very, very interesting how he played at Wright State, which is about 10 minutes down the road from Dayton's campus, and always wanted to play against Dayton. Mike Young talked about it on Tech Talk Live. Grant Bazzilli had stuff on social media come out. Always wanted to play against Dayton. Dayton would never play Wright State. It took him coming to Virginia Tech to play the Flyers, and you could tell he was hungry for it. Yeah, I saw a picture on Twitter, and I think Will Stewart was the one who quote tweeted this. Grant Bazzilli last year went to a Dayton game in a Wright State jersey and had a sign there that said, play us in basketball. So for him to put up the performance that he did on Wednesday night, I'm sure it meant something to him. And he had a little bit extra fire, too. You notice when he knocked down those shots, he would run back the other way, three up in the air, yelling at Tech's bench, 20 points in the first half. The guy couldn't miss from three, 23 points overall. I thought it was Obviously, his best game of the season offensively, but overall, I thought it was his well, best no, game his as best well. His best game offensively was 33. That's that true. I just mean from a three-point stand. Yeah, yeah three-point stand. Uh, yeah, three-point 
you know, standpoint. So I, I think too, with what he did offensively from beyond the arc and down low, I thought he was as good defensively as he's been all year. I mean, I thought I thought he was he was swarming around the rim. I didn't yeah. see the Carolina game, so I can't speak to that one. He had four blocks. He had four blocks. Yeah. So very very physical. Seemed to be playing with an edge. And, and when you can have that type of player down low, it softens the blow from losing Kevin Aluma. And it's what Mike Young and company have been hoping to see from Grant Bazilli all year long. And he's finally started to come along and really be a part of this Virginia Tech team the way the Hokies would have liked for him to. So it's nice to be able to see him get going. But yeah, th- this was quite the win for Virginia Tech. I believe I saw, I think Will Stewart put something out on, on Twitter. It was Dayton's largest loss from a point standpoint in seven years. Yeah. I mean, this is a proud program out of the A-10. They were picked to finish. They were picked to win the league. And the A-10 is one of the most solid mid-major conferences in the country. They were preseason number 24 in the AP poll. So for Virginia Tech, granted they were missing a couple key players, for Virginia Tech to welcome in Dayton and beat them by nearly 30 points, it's a statement for this Virginia Tech team. And now at worst, we talked about this was a crucial three-game stretch for the Hokies, really four-game stretch if you want to include Minnesota. Minnesota, North Carolina, Dayton, and now Oklahoma State on Sunday, which we're going to get to in the second half. No doubt. And and one thing that was really impressive, too, was holding Darren Holmes the second to uh, under his average, only 13 points, made him go five for 15 from the field. Uh, that's a guy that's going to go play in the NBA. He's a very talented player that Dayton has on the inside. And to hold him to only 13, he was the only player in double figures uh, for the Flyers, I think is an impressive feat considering the struggle that we thought Virginia Tech had coming into the season was going to be how are they going to defend on the inside? How good was yes. Bazzilli going to mm-hmm. be? Bazzilli had four blocks, so I think they did their job defensively on the inside uh, holding him, and weirdly enough, Tech was actually out-rebounded in this Mm -hmm. game, 42-35, to and yet they still won by 30 points. They had some problems on the boards in the first half, but hey, they did so practically without Justin Mutz. Only played five minutes in the first half due to foul trouble. Only scored two points the whole game. Yeah. And it was two free throws that he knocked down with like three minutes left to go. The the complete run, um, and this is uh, this is uh, credit to David Cunningham for tweeting this out. It was a 36-12 to 12 run that Tech went on uh, mm-hmm. in the first half. Yeah, I think it was 10-4 to 4 at the yeah. under 16 media timeout. Right. So they went on a 36-12 to 12 run. All of that was done without Justin Mutz on yep. the court. Mm-hmm. That's unbelievable. 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 How many of those points, you probably don't know off the top of your head. I wonder how many of those points were scored by Grant Bazilli. Well, 36 to 12, and he had 20 in the first half. So you got to so, think but, probably like 16 or something. Probably 16 or 18. I yeah. mean, it's incredible. It's incredible. But yeah, just to finish that point about the stretch, too, you're playing those four games. And, you know, at best, you were like, Tech's going to go 3-1 and one during the stretch. Now the Hokies actually have a shot to go 4-0. and oh. Yeah, I, I think I think personally th- this is and, and again this is an opinion, but I'd love to talk about it. I think that and st- there's stats to support it. This team is better than last year's team. I agree. I, I agree. think the because, ceiling is higher, too. Yeah, and you look at it just from looking through the schedule. This Virginia Tech team wasn't going to be in the NCAA tournament last year. You know, like if they didn't go on that run and up in Brooklyn at the ACC tournament, the Hokies aren't going dancing. Right. Right. And, and now you got a team that seems like at this point in the year is going to be surefire going to be playing in March in the big dance. Of course, there's a long way to go, but I I, I can't help but agree there. I can't help but agree. And the way Sean Padula has come on, too. Yeah. I mean, oh, John you Rothstein, have a great point guard. Many people across the country have said that Sean Padula may be the most improved guard in the country, at least the ACC. 
and the stats would support that too. I mean, he's. He's, what, he's averaging, averaging 17 a game. 17 a game, 17 exactly, a game. exactly. And last year, what, he was averaging, I don't have it in front of me, but five or six? Yeah, and he was only playing 13 minutes a game. And now he's playing 30, 31. He played... Even more. He, there's games where he's played like 36 minutes. The Charleston Classic Final, I think he played 38 or 39, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, Regardless, I mean, some crazy highlight reel stuff. It was a dunk party. Hunter Couture, back-to-back games of putting somebody on a poster. Can we, can we, can we get me on the camera here, Kyle? Because I want to say something. I, I know you were like, I want DJU the other day. Chris Coleman put something out there about Hunter Couture and potentially a poster deal just to have some fun. Yeah. And Hunter went on Twitter, quote tweeted that, and I think off the top of my head, he put like a shrug emoji and like the eyes emoji. So if Hunter Couture wants his own poster deal, keep we're, on posterizing those guys. We're gonna have to talk to Will because if you've seen our graphics department lately, I think we can I think we can cook something up. Who who does those graphics, Gia? It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> no, but and the other thing too, after the Carolina game, his dunk in the Carolina game, it was I a lot of people were like, is it a dunk? Is it a layup? It was kind of in between. And then he quote tweeted tweeted the video that Techman's basketball put out there and was like, dunk or layup, you tell me. Yeah. And as he yams it. I didn't I didn't realize Hunter Couture had that in him. I'm not gonna lie. I mean it it came out of nowhere too. We were talking to Zach Mackey over lunch yesterday. I said he was not expecting that. Drove right down the lane and just absolutely tomahawked it down. Did not expect that. But Poteet had a nice dunk, Lynn Kidd had a nice dunk, MJ Collins had a nice dunk, everyone got their Lynn Kidd had a solid game as well. 13 minutes, 6 MJ points up Collins the bench. MJ Collins had a solid game. M- he MJ did. Collins. MJ Collins can fly. He, dude, I'm telling you, as he continues to develop, he's going to be really good. I, I agree. I think it takes time. Like, I could totally see him taking a huge leap where, like that Padula did, where next year, yeah. MJ could be a 15 a game kind of guy. And Mike Young, he can develop. I mean, yeah, look at Kevin coming over from if, coming over from Wofford. Look at Hunter Couture. Couture. Hunter Couture was He's a the Wofford prime recruit. example of uh, development. He's a yes. Wofford recruit. He came in and. Uh, he Murphy. said that he was one of the worst defenders he'd ever so seen, I was gonna, and now he's the best defender I, that I was, I, he has. I was going to paraphrase a, a quote. Mike Young has said it multiple times in post-game press conferences. He said when Hunter Couture set foot on campus at Virginia Tech, he couldn't even guard me. And now he's one of the he's best defenders biggest, in the ACC. He, he may be... Justin Mutz is a great defender as well. Well, those it, two are interchangeable for the best defenders on the team. Tech is blessed to have that. You got one in the front court and one in the back court that are two of the most elite defenders in the conference. That's that I'm telling you, this team has a lot of the right parts. If they win, and we'll get to this in the second half, if they if they win on Sunday, there's no shot they're not in the AP top twenty five next week. Yeah, I mean they were what, 29th? 29th? Of, yeah. Very so. interesting. Last bit of uh, news and updates, and then we're going to go ahead and we're going to preview that Oklahoma State game uh, in our next segment in just a moment. But uh, I want to read a specific quote from Tech Talk Live that came from uh, head coach Mike Young. This is in regards to injuries on the team, so here we go. And and it does have a lot to do with uh, Rodney Rice. John Camden is 100%. He's ready to go and ready to help us win. Rodney is getting closer. I think realistically, full disclosure, I think it's fair to all involved, and maybe I won't have to answer that kind of question anymore. I think he'll play at Wake Forest on New Year's Eve. If not Wake Forest, we've got a little cluster of games at home following that. I think Clemson and NC State. Again, these are Mike Young's words. I think there's a chance that he would need 
to get through Wake Forest game, the Wake Forest game, just to get the contact and get the timing, the stuff that matters. But he's getting close, and he is just about ready to play. So it looks like it's that Wake Forest game, and if it's not, it's the couple games after that. So huge news to finally have like a date, yeah, that we can expect. It Rodney sets Rice. up so it goes Wake, Clemson, NC State, at Syracuse, at Virginia. And after that, I'm blanking. But right. so that's that's a nice little stretch to have him back for. No doubt about it. All right. On the other side, we're going to talk about the Hokies going back to the Barclays Center. First time they've been there since being crowned ACC champions. It's after this on TSL Today on a Friday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. Welcome back here on TSL Today. Giovanni Heater joined alongside Carter Hill with you. Kyle Marshak behind the scenes. We appreciate you spending your afternoon with us. Kyle, or Carter, let's go ahead and talk about this uh, Virginia Tech-Oklahoma State matchup in the Barclays Center. The Hokies return to the place where they won the ACC championship just a handful of months ago. Oklahoma State, 6-3 and three on the season. It's a ESPN2 uh, televised broadcast, 2 p.m. tip-off. Um, it's the Basketball Hall of Fame Invitational. Uh, ball game is on Sunday, like we said. So this is a good team that I could see Tech having some trouble with. I could on a neutral floor for sure. I think if this game was at Castle Coliseum, I think I would pick the Hokies to win for sure. And I still probably would pick the Hokies to win. But Oklahoma State is a pretty proud program. They were picked to finish fifth in the Big 12 this year. They were led by head coach Mike Boynton, who actually was an assistant under Mike Young for a season at Wofford in 2007 to 2008. He's a South Carolina grad, so I'm sure that's where that connection came in play. This Oklahoma State team last year, a self-imposed NCAA ban, so they did not go to the tournament a season ago. Right. The year before that went to the NCAA tournament, and they were That was turned, the year they had Cade Cunningham. Correct. They lost to Oregon State in the round of 32 that year, and that broke a four-year hiatus without going to the NCAA tournament. Oregon State ended up making a run to what, the Elite, Elite Eight? Elite Eight, I think. Yeah. They played... Well, we're not going to get on that yeah. rabbit hole. But they were 12C that year. Right. That broke that four-year hiatus, and Oklahoma State now is to the point now where they're ready to compete again. I mentioned it. Pick fifth in the Big 12. They are one of those fringe NCAA tournament teams. So arguably, they need this game more than Virginia Tech does. It's still early enough in the year where that's not a huge factor, but if you can go on a neutral floor and take down the defending ACC champions, who if I'm, I, I believe they would be a quad one opportunity for Oklahoma State, because what's Tech right now in the net? 37? Uh, 36. 36, okay. Correct. So this will be a quad one opportunity for Oklahoma State. And for Tech, it is a quad two opportunity, just barely. Oklahoma State right now is 52 in the net rankings uh, on a neutral site. In order to, for it to be a quad one win, it mm -hmm. would have to be uh, top 50. So they're yep. two spots away. But that doesn't mean Oklahoma State could move into the top 50 easily. Yeah, so. right now I think Tech only has one quad one game. And ironically enough, it's College of Charleston. 
they're yeah. a quad one game right now because it was a road game technically. And College of Charleston is really turning some heads and having a really, really nice year. And probably right now the favorite to win the CAA, right. them or Towson. But Oklahoma State this year, I mentioned it, French NCAA tournament team. I, I checked on Joe Lenar. Joe Lenardi's bracketology, and not that it matters too much this time of year, he currently had Oklahoma State in the next four out. So okay. far this season for the Cowboys, beat UT Arlington, lost a bye game to Southern Illinois, the Salukis, okay. the epitome of brutality, beat Oakland, <laughs> lost to UCF in overtime, beat DePaul, solid program out of the Big East, beat Tulsa, Prairie View A&M, they lost in a close one at UConn, who's a top 10 team in the country, and then they just beat Sam Houston State. So this is probably, UConn was their toughest test. By far. UConn 100%, 100% on the road. This is a, a test that Oklahoma State probably thinks they have a really good shot of winning this ball game because it is pretty evenly matched. I know we're going to get into personnel in a minute, but yeah, Oklahoma State should be a tough test for the Hokies, and Virginia Tech's going to be a really tough test for them. No doubt about it. Well, the guy to look out for, Avery Anderson the third. Uh, he's their leading scorer right now for Oklahoma State, averaging 12.6 points a game, four rebounds, three assists. Uh, he, he's going to be tough. He, he's going to be the guy that Hunter Couture is going to guard um, yeah. at the top, no doubt about it. He's been it. a three-year starter there, too, I correct. Correct. 6'3", so. 158. Um, so pretty much the same size as Couture as well. So Yes, and the one guy who actually should be a huge problem – for Virginia Tech, is Musa Sissi, I believe is how you pronounce his name. Mm-hmm. 7-1 forward from Guinea. Is that how you even say that country? Guinea? Yeah. Guinea? Okay. Hey, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Um, he is averaging 10.8 rebounds a game, 3.3 blocks. He will be, because they didn't play Armando Baycott, Easily the toughest test that Tech has had to play down low this season. Mostly when you were size, size 100%. When you're facing a 7 1 forward, especially when Bazilli and Justin Mutz, what is Bazilli? Is he 6'10? I want to say he's 6'10. 6'9? 6'9. 6'9. And then Justin Mutz is 6'7. Yes. So he's going to be a tough test down low. That's kind of the old Florida State days, you know, where Florida State would bring in all these guys from foreign countries who would be 7'2, 7'3, 7'4. He's going to be a guy that Oklahoma State's going to want to throw the ball to down low and get it to him on the block and in the paint. And if he has it in front of the basket down there, it's all over. And Justin Mutz, great defender. Grant Bazilli has really come on late as of well. But the size difference is a huge factor here. No doubt about that. Oklahoma State, when you look at some of the team statistics, uh, is averaging 73 points a game. Tech's averaging 77. They're allowing 62 points a game. Tech's allowing 64. They're shooting the ball at 45% from the field. Tech's shooting at, at 50% from the field. Uh, they're averaging way more rebounds, 40 a game. Tech's averaging 35. Um, they share the ball well, 13 assists a game. These teams are pretty comparable, really. Very comparable, actually. Very comparable. And this is why I think this is a, such a good matchup for Virginia Tech. I'd say Tech has played way more difficult competition besides that UConn game. 100%. 100%. I mean, I just read through the schedule. Most of those were bye games. Yeah. UCF was a semi-tough one, but they lost that game, and then they lost to UConn. Virginia Tech has taken care of their their toughest test so far this season, North Carolina and Dayton. College of Charleston was a test as well. They fell in that one. But I would say the Hokies have the edge for sure. This game actually was supposed to be played in 2020, okay. the COVID year, this was supposed to be played up at the Barclays Center. They had it in stone. It was going to be played up there. Obviously, that didn't happen because of COVID. 
rescheduled for now. And these, I mean, these coaches are so close. They've always wanted to play this game. And I think because they are so, they are so evenly uh, matched up. And I think too, that will really, really get Virginia Tech ready to play your middle of the pack, the ACC teams that the Hokies should have a good opportunity to beat and help propel them towards that top half of the ACC, towards that top four, potentially get a buy this year down in Greensboro, double buy down in Greensboro. So I, I think Mike Young is really, Really looking forward to this game. I think Oklahoma State can present some challenges to the Hokies that maybe no one else has been able to do so far, potentially with who they have down low, a 7-1 forward. And so I think Virginia Tech will, win or lose, definitely get better from this game. Let's get a score prediction from you, Mr. Woo! Hill. Score prediction. I will go 74-67, the Hokies win it. I will go 75-71, Hokies okay. win. Same ballpark. Same ballpark. Pretty There's much. no line yet, so we don't know. Free throws Tech at the cover. end, win by four. Free throws at the end. Four yeah. to six, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. I like it. I, I like, like it. it too. I think the Hokies, going back to the Barclays Center, should bring back a lot of good memories. Yeah, yeah, for everybody. Mike Young, actually, I'll read that. It's actually a great way to uh, end it off. Uh, he was asked by Zach Mackey what it'll be like to go back into the Barclays Center uh, after winning the ACC championship. Mike Young said, I'm really excited for it. For those of you that have never been there, when you drive in, you're in Brooklyn, New York. I mean, you're trying to get this bus through these narrow streets. Uh, these cars are parked everywhere. Uh, you're going over and you're playing Notre Dame and you want to, uh, he, he, he continues to say a bunch of stuff about being nervous. Then it's Carolina and you're going to play and then it's championship Saturday and how exciting that was. And he said, you find Finally get to the arena and you're literally riding on the biggest elevator that you've ever seen in your life. All right. It's for buses. Uh, that thing that takes you down to floor level that opens up. And he said, it's a nightmare uh, getting to see the doors open up. Um, you drive off the bus, off the elevator, back into a parking spot. And then you unload the team. He said, it's a great facility. He looks forward to being back in the city, in the Barclays center, uh, competing against yet another very good basketball team in the Cowboys of Oklahoma state. So Mike Young gave some intricate details on stuff. You wouldn't <laughs> know. There's apparently a bus no. elevator to get the I team guess. to, floor level. The Hokies are very familiar with that building, not only because of the ACC tournament, but people forget they played two games there last year. And that they, I forget the, I forget the name of the tournament. That Thanksgiving tournament, they played Xavier and and Memphis and and lost both those games. Yeah. Then they ran the table for the ACC tournament. Interesting. Six games there last year, one this year. Maybe it'll be a yearly tradition to go to the Barclays Center. Yeah, who knows? All right, I think that wrapped things up for uh, today on TSL Today. Thanks so much for joining us on your ride home. Big game coming up on Sunday. Tech and Oklahoma State on ESPN2. It's a 2 o'clock tip-off from the Barclays Center. For Kyle Marchak behind the scenes for Carter Hill on set, I'm Giovanni Hader. We'll see you on Monday.